This is episode 198 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Prepping for Arrival of Loved Ones After SHTF and Cloth Toilet Wipes, The Prepper World's Worst Idea Ever. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, welcome to episode 198. If you are new to the podcast, I hope you find everything that you are looking for. If you don't, I would love to invite you over to our Facebook group community over there. We've got a bunch of great people who are willing to answer any questions that you might have and uh, be uh, any help that, uh, that they can be to you in your preparedness journey. And so you can uh, come over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com and click on Free Facebook Group. Uh, if you have show notes in your podcast catcher, uh, it's linked there or in your web browser. You can just go straight to amoreselfrelientlife.com and come join us and be a part of that group. I'm very proud of what's going on over there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into the articles. Uh, some really great ones and, uh, well, really great ones like always. Uh, this first article comes to us from survivalsullivan.com. And the name of the article, again, is Prepping for Arrival of Loved Ones After SHTF. This is a little bit of a longer one, has some great information, uh, and uh, so you'll, you know, you'll want to filter through this one and definitely come uh, to the website, come to survivalsullivan.com and uh, click on a bunch of, they have a ton of links here uh, that you'll want to check out and um, some good stuff here and uh, some uh, a video and uh, you know just one of these articles that you'll want to visit. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Do you have unprepared or underprepared loved ones who will be journeying to your survival-ready home or compound after the SHTF? I don't mean all of the friends and coworkers who have relentless, relentlessly mocked your prepping habit, but your adult children, teens away at college, or siblings, perhaps even a favorite cousin. If, you, if your adult and college-age children are planning on coming to your home during a doomsday disaster, they need to have not just a detailed plan, A, B, and C, for getting there, but also an organized plan to exit their home quickly with a list of items to bring with them or perhaps attempt to stop and buy or grab on the way there. Some preppers are part of a highly organized mutual assistance group of fellow active survivalists, but many of us prep in many of our tribe-type environments, especially if you grew up country. In our rural haven, so many folks are essentially already preppers, but either don't know it or never really thought of applying the label to themselves. They hunt, trap, grow, and preserve their own food, can, can, can find their way in the woods and fix or build about anything they need on their homestead. Enlisting rel- relatively like-minded people in your community to be a part of your bugging in plan because of the skills they can bring to the group could be a very good idea. A nurse, EMT, police officers, vet, former members of the military are just a few examples of the types of folks that could be of value during an SHTF scenario even if they are not survivalists with a stockpile of preps. But they also need a plan to get from where they are to your retreat and know what to bring with them as well. 
Earlier this week, I quizzed one young couple that we have been survival mentors to for several years. The couple and their young children know to come to our place when the world goes pear-shaped. Being 20-something with two toddlers, they do not have much of a budget to invest in prepping stockpiles, but they are hardworking and continuing to enhance their survival skills on a daily basis. Two extra able bodies with some skills and a determination to do what it takes to protect their boys will definitely be an asset when the time comes to hunker down and ride out the apocalypse. When asking the wife what they need, needed to bring from their home when bugging out to our place, I realized I had neglect, neglected to cover this aspect of preparedness more than I should have or assumed too much about the thought process that would occur when the urge to grab your children and flee hits. The wife hit all the basics, food, first aid supplies, clothes, and blankets. If we had not had the conversation at the end of a work detail at our place, a massive amount of valuable materials would have been left behind. Prepper's love list, and it's time to add one more to your survival to-do binder. Make a detailed list or make a poster board, photo array list if necessary for your underprepared tribe members and adult children so they can have a constant and visual reminder of what to grab when the SHTF. The top 20 things your adult children and tribe members need to grab before the SHTF journey to your prepper retreat. Number one is food. This one should be a given but still deserves a spot on the list as a reminder. Salt, baking soda, baking powder, and spices should be among the first things to go into the SHTF relocation food boxes. Number two, first aid supplies. Yes, another given, but rem remind your tribe members that honey uh, has medicinal properties to bring every pair of scissors they own and to pack their sheets to be cut up for extra bandages, if necessary. As well, tissues, chapsticks, and sunblock also should not be left behind. Cleaning supplies. You cannot ever have enough germ fighters. Illness and disease will spread quickly during a long-term disaster, especially when so many people living in tight quarters. Keeping the home clean on a daily basis will be the best way to prevent the spread of infection, flu, or debilitating cases of the common cold. Vinegar, rubbing alcohol, witch hazel, and lemon juice should be considered cleaning supplies and included in what your off-site tribe members bring with them. Clothing, socks, shoes, boots, and gloves. The apocalypse will not be a fashion show, but ample clothing for all seasons must still make the journey to the survival retreat. If the tribe members include your grandchildren or other children, do not forget how quickly they grow out of clothes, shoes, and coats when preparing to bug in. It will be easy for a panicked kind of prepper to forget to grab their thermal underwear, gloves, and scarves if the SHTF in July address this with them now before it is too late. Batteries every size that the tribe members have, along with all of their flashlights and solar landscaping lights, they make superb flashlights as well, need to be packed into the car. Toiletries, all toothpaste, dental floss, rolls of toilet paper, making a bidet out of a clean pesticide spray will work better long term, shampoo, soap, etc. I'm going to talk a little bit about that bidet here in just a little bit as we go into our next article. Uh, laundry and dish soap. Cleanliness will help prevent the spread of germs when it comes to clothing and cookware as well. Photo albums. Photos of your loved ones could be lost forever if you do not take them with you. Documents. A fireproof box filled with your property deed, insurance documents, financial documents, and copies of your driver's license, social security cards, etc. should be kept handy at all times and packed up to go to the prepper retreat as well. 
tools and hardware. All hand tools, boxes of nails, screws, and as many power tools as can fit in the vehicles making the journey to the prepper retreat should be packed up as well. Fluids. All the cans of gasoline, propane, kerosene, fuel stabilizer, two-cycle oil, brake fluid, and even fix-a-flat need to be taken to the survival retreat. All off-site tribe members should store enough gasoline to get them from where they are to you at all times. Counting on gas stations being open, reachable, and still having fuel left in the pumps could cause the demise of your loved ones on day number one of SHTF. Maps. The GPS and cell phone should not be relied upon for guidance during a doomsday disaster. Even if your tribe members know, are known, know one or two ways to get to the retreat by car, those roads might be clogged or otherwise impassable or car travel no longer possible because of an EMP. Maps of the surrounding counties, including topography maps, should be kept in the fireproof box of the bug-out bag as well. Comfort items. Each child should be allowed to fill up a single backpack with comfort items to help make the SHTF relocation and new home a little less traumatizing. Extension cords. If generator power is going to be used, both indoor and outdoor extension cords will come in handy. Even if you have these stockpiled at your retreat, more is always better and the extra ones can be used as repair parts if necessary. Pet food. If you are bringing your pets to the prepper retreat, do not forget their food, dog beds, etc. Glasses and contacts. The off-site loved ones will probably remember to bring their one pair of glasses, contacts in an open box, and sailing solution, but that will not be enough vision gear to get them through a long-term disaster. Convince your tribe members to invest in a year's worth of contacts, saline, and at least one extra pair of glasses and several repair kits. If the off-site retreat members are your adult children or grandchildren, purchase these items for them and store them at your bug-in location. Sunglasses should be a part of the eye care grab and go list of items as well. Uh, let me just, and I really, I could stop and talk a little bit about every one of these, but let me stop really quick here. Um, if you want to buy some really cheap glasses, um, you know, have extra pairs of your prescription, uh, you can use... Um, uh, a website called Zini. I believe it's Z-I-N-N-I.com. I know that my wife has used them. Uh, of course, you know, if you're, you're just wanting a cheap uh, replacement pair, right? So you're not going for the top fashion or anything like that, but you can have a couple of uh, uh, glasses, you know, spare glasses there just in case. And the other thing is, is that if you have, for instance, your prescription has changed just a little bit, don't throw out old glasses. Uh, you know, if you're in a situation where, uh, you know, your new glasses, your new prescription kind of go out on you or break on you or whatever it might be, then uh, pick up, you know, you can open up uh, your old uh, or pick up your old prescriptions uh, glasses and put those on and you might not see as clearly, but it'd be better with, than having nothing. And so, um, you know, you, you want to kind of keep that into consideration there uh, to have some backups there. All right, continuing on. Plants and gardening supplies. If your tribe members were growing any crops, herbs, or medicinal plants at their home, they need to come with them also. If the crops were grown in containers, make space for them if possible. If space is not available or the plants were growing in the ground, pick them all and put them in a laundry bag for the commute. This way, seeds can be harvested from crop, crops that are not yet mature and the leaves, roots, or stems of medicinal plants and herbs can be dried and preserved. 
uh, and very possibly if you pull them up out of uh, the ground and uh, you get to the retreat uh, you know sooner rather than later you could probably even put them put, put them in the ground and and uh, you know save them that way anyway continuing on insect repellent and bug spray every bit of bug spray uh, your tribe members have needs to come with them sprays that are for the skin and for spraying to get rid of hornets ants etc around the home will be needed throughout the disaster writing materials and spray paint leaving messages for each other and saving information will not likely be able to be completed using text messages or notes jotted down on an electronic tablet paper pens pencils markers and spray paint for permanent signs or emergency warnings will be needed during the doomsday disaster for messaging, project planning, and educational classes for children. And number 20 is camping gear. Tents, batteries, propanes, and solar-powered lanterns, camping stoves, etc. Even if the prepper retreat is top-notch and has multiple off-grid power options, having a backup plan for shelter and other essentials only makes good sense. If the trek to the survival compound takes days or weeks and not hours or days like planned, or an evacuation of the retreat one day becomes necessary, having a stockpile of extra camping gear will likely save lives. So prepping for your arrivals. I routinely pick up clothing in all sizes for all seasons at yard sales and church rummage sales where everything you can fit into a grocery store sack is only $1 or $3. Many folks in our tribe have young children or are of childbearing age. During a long-term disaster, children will grow and babies will be born. The need for a variety of size, sizes of clothing, shoes, socks, and coats will surely arise. I stock up on extra outerwear, including shoelaces for adults as well. Rugged use of outerwear, work gloves, and boots will cause them to wear out far more quickly. I never throw away damaged clothing or leather boots. Stained or torn clothing can be cut apart and sewn into clothing for a child, used as rags, or become patching or stuffing for pillows, quilts, etc. Leather boots that you have worn out beyond repair and leather from old tack can also be repurposed into saddlebags, patching for worn gear, and satchels for toting forged materials, fish, etc. Storage and living for your prepping arrivals. Storage space inside your bugging in-home or a prepper retreat will be at a premium when everyone arrives. Use each available space to the best of your advantage. Pick up some old dressers at yard sales, put caster wheels on the bottom, and turn them into under-the-bed storage. Ditch the dressers, they take up too much floor space. Build shelving units into the closet so every inch of space can be used, and mount shelving to the wall so clothing and shoes can be stored. The area can be covered with a curtain mounted around the shelving unit to create a more attractive and at-home look if desired. Put hooks on the closet doors in the back of the room too to hold coats, a mounted shoe rack, or a hanging fabric shoe holder to store toiletries, toys for the children, and other small items. Hanging shoe racks can also be hung from the bunk beds for additional storage. If your home has tall ceilings, build a loft in each bedroom to increase either sleeping or storage areas or both. Turn the bedrooms into your home into family living quarters. A queen bed and a set of bunk beds should be able to fit into almost any standard size bedroom. A sleeper sofa could be used instead of a queen bed to provide a seating area so the family or couple can have a bit of privacy in what will likely be an overcrowded home. Saw a wood table in half and mount it to a wall with a bracket that will allow it to fold flat or be propped out without taking up floor space except when needed. A chair or two can sit flush against the wall table until needed. 
If there will be a multiple, if there will be multiple children living at the survival retreat, devote a room to their care. Yes, an entire room. Build one onto the home if necessary. The apocalypse will be tough on everyone, especially the children. Creating a special place for them to spend their time with, with not doing chores, will help restore a sense of normalcy to normalcy and allow a homeschool area for engaging in basic and vocational survival education activities. An elderly or infirm member of the group or a teenager can be placed in charge of the childcare area and tend to babies and toddlers and to teach the older children on a daily basis so mommy and daddy can do their part with more essential chores, paint a chalkboard wall in the room for both playtime and educational purposes. I know not a lot of people can afford to, to build another room. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of having a room for, especially for, for schools and stuff like that. I think kids are resilient. Um, the kids that are born in, uh, you know, an apocalyptic situation are not going to know anything else. And the kids that would uh, uh, actually play in a playroom type thing, I think they would probably be young enough to uh, be resilient as well. I mean, it would, you know, it would suck for them, but, uh, you know, it would be like a, a real big extended camping trip, uh, you know, to a point. I, I know I'm, I'm making, I'm just... Uh, I'm really making this, you know, just breaking it down to the basics here. I think the people that would have, uh, the kids that would have the most problems with that would be more the teenagers, the preteens and the teenagers who lost their electronics, who lost their Facebook who, or in, and Snapchat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think those would be uh, more, uh, they would have more issues there uh, with that. And having a room for them, I don't think would really benefit them, you know, to play with toys and things like that. Um, but anyway, I still remember if you watch The Walking Dead, the first season. I mean, I don't watch The Walking Dead anymore. But uh, the first season when they were in that uh, quarry and they were doing the clothes and that one girl, uh, uh, you know, she was there and, and they were all talking about what they missed and they were doing laundry by the river, I guess. And, uh, you know, she said, I miss my Facebook, you know. And she was like a teenage girl. I can't remember her name. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, I think that's where probably um, most people would have issues there, missing those kinds of things. All right, uh, let's go ahead and continue on. Still a lot more information here. Grab and go store items. Getting out and getting out now should be the only true priority of off-site loved ones who are trying to get to your retreat. Failure to act fast could trap them right where they are for the rest of their lives, which could unfortunately be a drastically shortened amount of time. Ideally, there will be no stopping between the rapid exit of the home and the survival compound for your off-site tribe members. But if an area is deemed safe to stop, doing so could be highly advantageous. All of our prepping and underprepared loved ones have a store list based upon their geographic location. If feasible, they know where to stop and what to grab. Because we live in a rural area, the concern about immediate marauding hordes is little to none. We do not need them to stop and buy or barter for extra supplies but if safety allows, a brief stop could bolster the level of supplies even more. Depending upon the nature of the disaster, the tribe members will use all of their available cash. They have been trained to keep ample cash on hand, as well as gold and silver reserved for emergency situations and long-term barter only, and to even max out their plastic to garner supplies. Typical panicked buying items will disappear quickly, but there will likely be copious amounts of valuable supplies left on store shelves because the unprepared and underprepared will not realize their value. SHTF Shopping Megastores 
Walmart, Kmart, Target, Costco, these stores have little but of almost everything. That is why the hordes will hit them first, making them among the most dangerous places to stop. If you do stop, go to only the sections that do not involve food, booze, ammo, and medic medication. There will be nothing left unless you are an ex extremely, extremely early arrival. The crowds will likely become violent, and food, ammo, and medications should already be stocked in abundance at the prepper retreat. Tractor Supply and Rural King, rural king. Agricultural stores like these will probably not experience any increased traffic during the early SHTF panic stage. If you have a trailer on your pickup truck or other means of pulling non-essential items you packed from your home, grab as many bags of livestock feed and care items as possible, tools, hardware, boots, outerwear, comfort items, and even any snack foods that are placed in, that are placed in the impulse buy section near the checkout counters. Family Dollar, Dollar General, the many Walmart-type stores are likely the only places besides a small grocery store to, if you are really lucky, to purchase food in rural communities. They will be jam-packed with panicked people as well, but aisles that serve as smaller sections of the big box stores selling automotive supplies, office supplies, cleaning supplies, etc. exist here too and will not be a priority for frightened non-preppers with no loved ones waiting for their arrival at a survival compound. Tourism shops. These stores will not be on the radar of the marauding hordes until all groceries and outdoor stores have been looted. Tourism stores, campground stores, and state park stores typically sell sunglasses, bug repellent, sunblock, sunburn protection, clothing, shoes, etc. Hardware and automotive stores. Bartering items galore will be waiting for you at these stores. People with food and self-defense on their minds are not thinking about screws, nails, and oil changes. Unless the SHTF event is a super tornado or hurricane, there will not be any competition for goods at Home Depot, Lowe's, or Menards. I guess that's a Menards. I, we don't have one here in, down here in Houston, so I'm not exactly sure I'm pronouncing that. Uh, I'm sure someone can help me <laughs> help me out on that one. All right, the items on the last-minute grab list will also be great bartering materials. Hardware, nails, screws, hinges, nuts, bolts, glues. Hand tools, plastic zip ties, wire, fix-a-flat, ratchet straps, WD-40, liquid nails, sandpaper, caulk, caulking guns, etc. Gardening supplies. Seeds, gardening gloves, knee pads, seed starting supplies, canning jars, lids and rings, planters, potting soil. Cleaning supplies. Bleach, scouring pads, mops, brooms, buckets, etc. Solar lights. The landscaping lights will make great flashlights as noted above. Sewing, small travel size sewing kits, thread, needle, buttons, straight pins, and safety pins. Mouse traps. These can also be used as an early warning off-grid warning system around the perimeter of your property or around a vehicle if the off-site tribe members are forced to camp in their vehicles while traveling to the retreat. Simply tie a glow stick to the trap, affix it to a tree or branch driven into the ground by the vehicle, ground by the vehicle and set it. There's a video here uh, that shows you how to do it and talks you through all that. Number seven is cotton balls. When secured to the skin with medical tape or even duct tape, grab some of that too if you can find it, they will work as a makeshift bandage on small wounds. Cotton balls can also be dipped into wax or petroleum jelly and used as a fire starter. Bags. You won't ever have too many garbage bags, food storage bags, or aluminum foil. Rope and chain. Any gauge or type could come in handy. Automotive supplies. Funnels, fuel filters, oil, antifreeze, etc. 
antifreeze, etc. All right. Comfort items. No, these are not essential and definitely not worth risking your neck to get. But imagine how much of a morale booster a bottle of fingernail polish, small toy, hair dye, slippers, perfume, etc. would be for your loved ones during an apocalyptic Christmas, anniversary, or birthday. The marauding hordes will likely skip the cosmetic aisles and aftershave aisles completely when looting every store they pass, searching for food, drugs, and weapons. Witch Hazel. It has many cleaning and natural alternative medicines uses. Essential oils. Any and all should be grabbed. There will be time to sort them out later. Fire extinguishers. You will not be able to call the fire department after the SHTF. Pet medications. Some preppers plan on using livestock and fish medications and first, supply, first aid supplies during a long-term disaster. If you are considering doing the same, a store-like tractor supply should be on your stop and grab if, if we can list. And I'll let you uh, just say that uh, I do have advertisers on uh, Prepper website that do sell uh, antibiotics and fish medications and so forth. All right, wrapping it up. When preparing for off-site loved ones to bug in at your retreat, map out sleeping areas and a work schedule in advance to avoid confusion during the early days of the disaster. If everyone knows their role and where they will be bunking, the level of stress, which is already heightened, will be enhanced further. The entire tribe should be equipped with two-way long-range radios so they can communicate as soon as they are near enough to the survival compound. A system for rotating channels and a simple and covert communication code should also be devised. Do not assume others will not be picking up your conversation as well. All right. So you can see that there is a lot of information here and a lot of things to consider. I mean, if something was to uh, to go down uh, and you want your loved ones there, you know, you definitely want them coming as prepared as possible. Now, two things that I want to just briefly talk about here. The first is this is all predicated on the fact that you are aware and you can get ahead of any kind of disaster, right? That is that is the big deal. And so you are able to, to get ahead of it and, and get there. Now, if you have somebody that is in a survival retreat location and they are fully stocked and you know you can travel to them uh, the sooner and, and there is like a disaster where everything is completely shut down, the faster you can get out and get to them, the better, you know. Um, so all those things kind of be, you know, need to be uh, thought out. Um, some people in the preparedness community will think that uh, we're never going to experience a big, uh, you know, uh, one day worth of chaotic, you know, disaster and everything goes to, to, to hell in a handbasket and uh, the world completely, you know, goes, you know, into apocalyptic mode. Some people believe that it's going to be a slow spiral into uh, kind of like what Venezuela is experiencing and what Greece experienced, what Argentina has experienced. And uh, it just seems like, you know, these were thriving economies and then they, they hit that, that, that one you know, slippery slope and they start going downhill and they never really fully ever recover back to where they were again. So some people feel that that might be the case. Uh, and so, you know, this is why I always say that you want to be aware, you want to be prepped and aware. You want to be, you know, aware of what's going on out there in the world. It's not just about, hey, I'm just going to put my head down and, uh, you know, I'm going to take care of myself because there's so many things that go into it. The second thing that, uh, and the last thing that I wanted to bring up here in this article is that, um, when we're talking about something like this, like, you know, we're bugging out and we're bugging out in our vehicle and we're going to somebody's 
uh, you know, retreat, we're going to the country, we're going to all that. Uh, you never really think about how you would move all the things that you're talking about. Like, how would you move your pantry? How would you move all your spices? And how would you move all your first aid equipment? I mean, some of those things, if you're prepping, you're stocking up, you might have them in boxes, you might have them in totes, but you have stuff that, you know, your clothes and things like that. You can stack those and put those in kind of, you know, uh, I guess you can put those in kind of in bags and things like that. But how would you take all the rest of the stuff? So it might be advantageous if this is kind of the route that you plan on taking. That you have boxes um, that maybe that they're broken down, but you can very quickly uh, put together. You know, you can uh, put you know kind of like the, those moving boxes that you can buy, and then you can you can put them together with uh, duct tape or, or really strong tape, and you can start loading up your pantry. You can start loading up kitchen supplies or whatever you're going to do there, uh, first aid supplies, cleaning supplies, and you're able to box them up and put them in the vehicle or in a trailer or in the back of a truck and, and, and make it really easy for you because you don't want to be scurrying around trying to find like, okay, I need something to take all this stuff in. Uh, if so if this is your plan, uh, you know, you want to be able to have something that you can move all this stuff with. So that's over at survivalsullivan.com. Um, you know, good article, a lot of information there, things to, to consider. And even if you're not, this isn't your, you know, this isn't where, what you're doing, what you're, uh, what you're planning, uh, you're planning on, you know, bugging in, whatever. There's still a lot of good information here, things that maybe you haven't considered, uh, you know, like the documents. You know, do you have your documents, copies in a, in a, in a fireproof box in case your house burned down? Uh, can you get to, you know, do you have maybe uh, electronic copies somewhere, stored somewhere so that you can get to them? Uh, you know, those kinds of things uh, that you might not have ever uh, thought about and things that you should, you know, uh, put together somewhere just in case you lose everything. So, again, that's over at survivalsullivan.com. Go check that one out. All right. Our next article comes to us from preparednessadvice.com. And uh, it's again, it's entitled Cloth Toilet Wipes, The Prepper World's Worst Idea Ever. And I'm going to tell you here, I don't completely agree with, uh, with Noah, who wrote this article. Um, you know, I, I, I understand where he's coming from, and I agree to a point, but I don't completely 100% agree. And uh, I have talked about this in the past. And so uh, I want to read his article. I think there's a lot of great information here. So, and ultimately what I do is uh, I feel like, you know, part of my job is to provide information and you've got to use your thinking, your critical thinking skills to, uh, you know, to, to think about what's the best solution for you. I mean, there's times on Prepper website where I have posted uh, uh, articles on, you know, like uh, the two opposing views of the same topic. And uh, I've done that, you know, on purpose sometimes because I want people to read them, but then also, okay, hey, where do you fit in the mix? How do you see this? Where, where are you coming from? And so, uh, you know, let's go ahead and read this article and uh, I'll have some things to uh, talk about here uh, at the end. So again, cloth toilet wipes, the prepper world's worst idea ever at preparednessadvice.com. On April 17, 2017, I went to Costco and filled my huge shopping cart with a total of 180 rolls of toilet paper. Double rolls. I felt like a king walking out of there with a cart piled high. Now, in early November, we have about 16 rolls left in a household of two adults and two older teenagers. Two guys, two gals. 
not a bad investment and I've always been the kind of guy who likes to stock up anyway so I can avoid shopping. In prepper circles though, a TP stash is looked down upon and most survival types worth their salt will say something like this. Forget stocking up on toilet paper, use old t-shirts to make personal wipes and just run them through the washing machine. Okay. Uh, so let me stop really quick right here. I would never ever say that right there. I I am a big <laughs> I am a big fan of toilet paper, uh, and I have talked about often how in Argentina some of the first things to go were like diapers, feminine hygiene uh, products, and toilet paper. And so uh, you know those things those things are definitely and very very important to me. And uh, yeah, I do not. I, I I do not like the idea of having to wipe my butt with other things other than toilet paper. That's just you know like out there in the wild. I just no no. I don't I don't even want to think about it. It's very very uncomfortable. So I believe in stocking up toilet paper. I think toilet paper is a, a big big need in the survival community. Listen to me. If you if you don't stock up on toilet paper, you want to stock up on toilet paper because you don't want to be in a situation where you've run out. All right. So uh, I'm going to preface all of that by saying that I am a big big fan of toilet paper. All right. Um, on the surface, it sounds ideal. None of us want to go back to the days of using corn cobs, leaves, or phone books. I understand that. But think for a moment about what is involved with using cloth as toilet paper. Saving and cutting up old t-shirts is the easy part. First, used cl cloth wipes will have to be kept somewhere in a location that will not attract flies, pets, rodents, and other pests of all kinds. You may think that little bucket with a lid will do the job, but you haven't met Lacey our foster great Pyrenees. We've had to place a filled water jug, the gallon size, on our kitchen trash to lacy proof it. She and her other four-legged friends would love nothing better than to wallow around in poop and pee smelling t-shirts. Oh, the glory of it all. Slightly off topic, a few weeks back, my wife and I pulled up to a CVS and right there on the sidewalk by the red box machine was a young couple washing down their two large dogs. The dogs were covered with suds and it was quite a sight. I asked why they were washing their dogs in front of a CVS store and was told we were out jogging on the trails and the dogs found some armadillo carcasses. They started rolling around on them and now they stink too much to take home. Animals love foul smelling things so if you go the cloth toilet paper route keep that in mind. A lot of preppers who took the cloth diaper diaper pail route swear that it's the same thing with cloth wipes. To a point they're correct but in a typical home there is only one baby producing dirty diaper. In a household with many people God only knows how many cloth wipes you'll have on your hands in just a week. I hope you aren't planning on reusing the water from your loads of cloth wipes. Reusing gray water makes a lot of sense as a practical way to both lower water bills and to manage scarce resources. Most people think all gray water is the same and can be used for gardening, laundry, and irrigation. However, water that has come into contact with feces, even water from washing machines, if the laundry load included underwear, is not safe to reuse as gray water. So, once the used cloth toilet wipes are ready to launder, you will have to use clean water for washing, and then that water becomes unsafe to use in any other way. Also, I'd like to point out that a load of cloth wipes is going to be significantly dirtier than a typical load of laundry with a few random pairs of tidy whities 
Once, you close, once your cloth wipes have been washed, that gray water can't, cannot be used for anything. If you aren't able to drain the water into your septic tank or the city water system, then you're left with having to find a draining location that is going to be as far away as possible from any groundwater source or well, and you won't be able to recycle that water by using it for gardening or for irrigating crops. What about the washing process without power? With the grid alive and well and your washing machine putting out plenty of hot water, I suppose right now is the best time to experiment with cloth wipes. However, from a prepper point of view, the plan is to use these wipes when the toilet paper runs out, right? In the case, consider this. You'll have to keep those dirty wipes in a tightly closed container between wash days. I hope you've stocked up on plenty of air freshener. Next, you'll need the biggest metal container you can find to fill with water, bring it to boiling, and then mix in the wipes using a huge utensil of some sort. I don't know exactly how long it takes for that boiling water to thoroughly sanitize the wipes, and my guess is there are very few preppers who do. The longer you boil the water, the more fuel you're using, but if you cut the boiling time short, will it leave dangerous bacteria behind? How is that a good idea in a survival scenario? In the winter, how are you going to boil the water inside the house if the power is out? How quickly will those cloth wipes take to dry? And don't kid yourself if you think that in a chaotic SHTF scenario, everyone is going to be only using their color-coded wipes. It's going to be every man and wipe for himself. Is there a better option? The plain truth is that cloth toilet wipes could be a catastrophically bad idea to the tune of cholera, typhoid, and disease that are pretty much unknown in modern America. Perhaps you have an effective plan for dealing with feces-tainted water, but does your neighbor. Imagine how many times in a day toilets in your neighborhood are flushed. Now imagine all those households without the ability to flush, toilet paper is running low, and it will be a matter of weeks or two before your neighborhood becomes a stew of awful smells and dangerous bacteria. So is there a better option? The first best option is to do what I've been doing, stock up on a year's worth of toilet paper. I'm thinking that if those 170 rolls are going to last about 9 months, about another 50 would have given me a generous year's worth. So for about $225, I could avoid going to the store for TP for an entire year and be sitting pretty with my favorite brand of TP should the poop hit the fan. For prepping purposes, plan on making that Costco shopping trip every five to six months to stay on top of keeping that awesome stash intact. Tiatwaki, the absolute worst case scenario you can think of, will probably last longer than a year. I'm talking about a Venezuela collapse, but even then, with a year's worth, that gives me time to first establish rules about how much TP can be used per person. Next, I have a margin of 12 months to develop other plans, including a DIY composting toilet, which is the best way to go. A community compost toilet is one idea that beats the heck out of mounds of dirty cloth wipes. It would be difficult enough to maintain even the lowest standard of sanitation by today's standards without exasperating the situation with cloth wipes. There are better ideas and plans out there, so let's put the cloth wipe idea where it belongs, deep in the nether regions of really bad ideas. Alright, so there are 26 comments here. A lot of people, other pe people providing great ideas and, and countering some of the things that were in this article. So again, I'm going to say I agree with Noah where you, uh, you want to stockpile as much toilet paper as possible. A year's worth of toilet paper uh, I think is very, very doable, especially if you're not being very, very picky on the type of toilet paper you're buying. You're trying to find sales and, and you, know, you use all, 
every means possible to stock up, right? Um, but it, even if you have the means to buy your favorite toilet paper, that is the best way to go. The, the, the idea here is what happens after, like he mentioned, after that year's worth of toilet paper is, is done. Now he mentioned a composting toilet. That's fine, but that compost, composting toilet does not uh, really take into consideration wiping your butt, right? And so I can't, I can't believe I'm talking about that like this, but um, that's one thing that you need to be thinking about. So when I imagine myself you know, using cloth wipes, I imagine myself out in the country where I have plenty of wood. I would have a big uh, metal uh, pail um, that, you know, and, and we would be doing it there. I could put the water back into the septic system. I could do that. Or I could walk really far out into the woods and dump it out over there. Okay. Um, there are some things that you could do to help uh, make sure that you're not having to wipe as much. Uh, when you're going to the restroom, uh, I, I remember, man, this is going to be okay. This might be too much information here, but I remember uh, <laughs> watching uh, watching a video and we linked to it uh, years ago on uh, talking about, you know, there was uh, some survival guides and stuff like that. And they spend time, uh, you know, sometimes weeks out there uh, mastering their skills and different things like that. And they talked about, hey, where do you go to the restroom and things like that? And it, she, it was actually a female who was talking about this. It's like when you have to go number two, uh, you go, you go, you find your private place. And one of the ways that you make sure that you're not having to wipe as much is you spread your butt cheeks apart, you know. And so that's, you know, that's, I know that's, I mean, Todd, you're, 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 that's okay. All right. So I went there. All right. So, but anyway, that's, you know, you can, you can do that aspect of it as well. Right. So I think you need ideas. Now, in the, uh, in the comments, one of the comments was, hey, what about a bidet and using, uh, you know, uh, uh, crafting one from like a spray bottle? And, uh, you know, that was, that was uh, I think I talked about that before in the past, but I remember that Survival Jane had uh, actually made one a while back and did a little article on it. So uh, before I got onto the podcast, I went to go find it, and sure enough, I was able to find it. And it's one of those spray uh, cans, uh, like the, you, the ones that you pump up and you pressurize, right? And uh, I use it to, um, to uh, you know, I put vinegar and salt and, and a little bit of soap, and I do that to kill weeds out, you know, in, in the backyard, in the front yard, and things like that. But this specific one that she's talking about, uh, uh, the one that I have has a metal wand. Uh, she's talking about having one that is a uh, more of a, a hard plastic wand. And what she did was uh, she put the, I think you might be able to do this maybe like with a blow dryer or a heat gun, but uh, she did it in a pot of hot water and uh, she bent, she uh, slowly heated up the, uh, she, first of all, she cut it down, uh, the wand, and then she started uh, bending the, the, the tube so that it would be in a U shape and then she put it in cold water so that it would harden up and she used that. I mean, she has that available. 
to use to, to kind of rinse off. And so, uh, you know, that is definitely doable. That might be something that you might want to invest in and kind of one of those things that you create and uh, then you put up in a box and then you put it up for safekeeping in case it's ever needed, right? Uh, and, and, and go from there. So that might be a very viable option for you. One of the things is going to be uh, to consider is like if you're bugging in, and I've talked about sanitation is going to be a big, big deal. If, for instance, the grid is down, there's no electricity, and the, sanit and the, and the, the waste pumps uh, are pumping, you know, the sanitation uh, plants aren't working, uh, eventually things will back up into your homes. I've talked about that before. Uh, and so that's going to be have to be uh, a very serious consideration there uh, for you and in your neighborhood. That's one reason why you want to get to your neighbors very very quickly to talk about what you know what could possibly be going on and wrong. You don't want sewage in your home, right? And that would be the whole neighborhood. And sewage would be backing up to everybody, and uh, you don't want that. So um, a lot to consider here. Uh, but I think. Um, like I said, stocking up on toilet paper is an easy thing to uh, to do, and it is well, well worth it. I guarantee you there are people in Venezuela who wish they would have stocked up on diapers and wish they would have stocked up on toilet paper and feminine hygiene products when they could have, uh, and, and uh, you know, kicking themselves when they're having to stand in line for eight hours for a roll or whatever. Um, a lot of people talked about, you know, diapers, baby diapers, and those kinds of things. Uh, you know, and and uh, going from there. And so uh, a lot of uh, good comments that you should go check this out uh, over at uh, preparednessadvice.com. And like always, I will link to uh, the website uh, or the article in, in the show notes and you can go check that out. So uh, a lot of things to consider. I'm also going to link to Survivor Jane's article in uh, in the show notes as well, so you can go check that out and uh, read read the article that she wrote on on uh, you know making her uh, little spray bottle bidet thing over there. All right, guys, that's it for episode 198. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. Uh, it's always a, a great week. A lot of great articles there. Uh, if you are coming to the to the to the podcast. And you're hitting us on the if you're hitting us on the website or uh, you're just listening to one. Hey, we'd love for you to to subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, Google Play, on Stitcher. There's so we're on a lot of great podcast networks out there. So we'd love for you to subscribe and be a part of the Prepper Website podcast and uh, and and uh, listen to us more often. Uh, we're here five days out of the week, and uh, we just completely love it and love providing uh, sur survival and preparedness information so that you can be a little bit more self-reliant in your life, get yourself off of uh, all the systems that are out there, and uh, start you know, being responsible for yourself. All right, guys. Hey, if, uh, if you get a chance... Get out this weekend and uh, you know enjoy the the weather. Uh, make sure that you uh, do some prepping and in one way or the other, build a little bit of skills. And if you're looking for more preparedness information, come over to prepperwebsite.com where we have tons and tons of information, uh, great articles uh, on preparedness, on survival, on bushcraft, on frugal living, on DIY firearms, alternative news. And uh, you name it. I mean, we have it over there. So we'd love for you to come over there and check us out. Um, that website's always growing. And so I'm always excited that we're able to help other people on their preparedness journey. All right, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. 
Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.